Blog Talk Radio. The great city playboy, they're always around to help build your hope up and help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. Good evening, everyone. It's Wednesday, July 24th, 2013, and we're taking you through the night. I'd like to welcome my co-host, the effervescent Jonathan Weeks. Jonathan, how are you? Good, how are you? Hey, man! Oh man, what's what's going on with you? Tell me about your life at the moment. My life is uh, doing going good, just working, hitting the books, going happy hours after work, and uh, that's pretty much about it. Just settling in here in Vermont a little more, and uh, just uh, enjoying life as is. Uh, going back to Connecticut next week for the birthday, and uh, scared about turning thirty. That's a little scary to me, but uh, that's about it. Oh my goodness! So your birthday is uh, in wait. When is your birthday? August second. Oh, that's right. You're the day before Nick and Drew Lichtenberg. Great kids, by the way. <laughs> Terrible people, though. Um, so of course. So you're about to turn thirty. How does that feel? The dirty thirty. It's uh. It's very. Nerve-wracking to me. I've been nervous about it for a while. Uh, it's uh, a little scary. I, I don't know. You know, it means i got to kind of click in my pace in terms of what I want to do with my life and uh, kind of look at it and get serious about certain things. And Oh, boy, I'm a little nervous. But uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be okay, I think. It'll just, it's just, it'll just be for a day, and I'll get over it. Jesus Christ! Now you know I turned thirty almost a year ago, and now you're making me feel like a dumpster. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with that. my life. No, you're you're fine. You're fine. You're over that bump. I, I that that day of thirty is very scary. I think it's just like, oh my God, responsibility. Oh my God, young adulthood. Oh my God, I need a better job. Oh my God, I need to do something with my life. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, so we need to discuss what just happened. Uh, prior to the show, I was on the subway, and for there's a you know most of the time on the subway you don't have cervix, but there was a a little uh, there's a bridge that I go over, and I had some cervix. So when I had cervix on my phone, I opened up the Twitter app, and I noticed the Kirstie Alley of Cheers and Dancing with the Stars and Celebrity Fat Guys Club. Uh, she uh, tweeted. Like, Wiener and Spitzer, do we have any more choices? So what I did was I I thought that was a really stupid tweet. So I retweeted it, but I, well, I quoted the tweet, and then outside of it I said, yes, they have opponents. Now, I was using that as kind of a maybe a dig to her in some way um, because obviously there are other choices. And so uh, – I didn't expect her to pay it any mind, right? Because she's got a million something followers. 
But right. uh, guess what? She retweeted me. Oh, nice. Very nice. So oh now I'm God. wondering if she thinks that I was trying to, like, say, yes, vote for their opponents. But I wasn't. I was just saying, yes, they have opponents. So I don't know what she was thinking. And then she, she writes this tweet that was I found very odd. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. Kirstie Alley. Uh, something about fuckwits. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no, I have not. Oh, where did it go? Uh, fuck, let me just search fuck here. Fuck. Okay, here it is. Um, an hour ago, she tweeted, One great thing about life is that you don't have to be a fuckwit back to the fuckwits who hate you. You can end the cycle, dot, 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 or not smiley face. So now I'm wondering, okay, did she think I was supporting her, or does she think that I'm a fuckwit? <laughs> um, what would you rather be, a fuckwit or support Christiality? That's, that's a tough <laughs> question to life. Well, she's the one who, you know, she's a big Scientologist, and uh, she she was mad at Leah Remini, allegedly, for quitting the Church of Scientology. And, uh, you know, it's just, Scientology doesn't necessarily align with my beliefs and whatnot. And uh, I don't know, she just, and it seems like she's fucking nuts. Well, then I think you, you answered your question. You'd rather be a fuckwit. I think that's a probably, <laughs> I, that's probably the route I would want to go down as well. Uh Christiali looks a little uh, crazy to me, but uh, I think she was supporting you at first, you know, uh, you know, especially when you, you know, she's basically uh, expressing discontent with the current candidate, and you said, oh, you know, maybe uh, there's other people running, and she support, maybe she supports you running. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think I'm too late though. I, I mean, I'm here, but I'm too late to get into the thing. Uh, but so what I did was. Right when it happened, my instinctual reaction was I went to Facebook and I said, you guys, Kirstie Alley just retweeted me. Rebecca from Cheers for crying out loud. And then a bunch of people started liking it. And then I, and then I commented on my own status and said, now that I think about it, who cares? Oh. <laughs> no, I, I care. I think that's a, that's a big deal. She's not, she's not a small deal. She's a big actress. And, uh, you know, more she's a, yeah, you mean literally she's a big actress. <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty cool. I think. Uh, so you're moving up in the world, man. Big time. <laughs> what do you think about? Um, what do you think about uh, Anthony Weiner and the news that came out yesterday that there were uh, further sexy tweets after the um, uh, the whole resignation in 2011 from Congress? Well, I think it's uh, he's got a pretty bad history of this kind of stuff and bad judgment calls. Uh, you know, and if he wants to run for re-election or whatnot, or you know, whatnot, that's his own personal choice. I think I hope New Yorkers have uh, uh, are, are a little bit smarter than that in making their judgment calls. But uh, it's up to them. It's, uh, you know, that's the whole great thing about the democratic process. You, anybody can run, and there's all, always second chances, especially uh, especially in New York. But uh, they're gonna always continue to you know find uh, dig up new garbage on whatever candidates, and, uh, you know, I think it's a little insane, you know, to judge a man by some actions like that, but, you know, you really have to judge him by his record, uh, his political record, and where he stands on certain issues. I think that's more important than sexy tweets, you know? Yeah, so, 
you're saying look at the issues over the sexy tweets. Or if sexy tweets are one of your issues, then you think he's doing a good job at it, then vote for him. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, if, if sexy tweets is your thing, he's the man. you got to vote for him. She's the man. <laughs> She's the main man. <laughs> She's the main man. <laughs> uh, so uh, let me tell you that, uh, we, you know, we, we, this week it has been so hard to get away from hearing about this royal baby. Now, uh, what, well, what's your reaction to Prince William and Duchess of Kate uh, and Regis Lee having a baby? <laughs> Regis Philbert Lee? That's, that's what the baby name <laughs> should be. Regis, what, what do you call Philbert her? Duchess, Duchess, Duchess Lee Gifford or something? The Duchess Lee Gifford of uh, Regis Land, yes. I'm happy for the royal couple, but, you know, on the other hand, who really gives a crap? <laughs> Same thing with Kirstie Alley. I was really happy, but then I thought about it, and ah, I'm not really happy about it. Fuck that. <laughs> Everybody, like, at work was talking about this baby. I mean, you know, this is, like, the most anticipated baby of all time. What's going on here? This is insane. What is this baby going to do? Maybe just going to well, grow up in the lap of, lap of luxury and do nothing, you know. But congratulations What if this what? baby becomes like an evil king one day? What if, what if he's an evil baby? <laughs> it might, the baby might become like uh, Lord of the Rings. It might be a really evil baby. What yeah, that, so like what, Richard what, what the Third or Henry the Eighth. That's right. King Henry VIII, I am. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? You were going to say some more about the royal baby. No, I was thinking, what was it? what's that big show that's about kings and uh, about Game of Thrones? Yeah, there might be a, a a baby like that. Terrible, evil midget baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, with Lady Melisandre. So that's this right. baby, she... Um, I've uh, been thinking about uh, my time in London a little more and stuff and, and how uh, just this story just keeps coming into my mind this week, so I want to share it with you. Uh, it doesn't really have to do about um, uh, babies or sexy Twitter or sexy babies or anything. But um, it when I studied in London, uh, Syracuse had a campus over there, and so like we would take our theater classes at the Globe uh, but we would take our uh, normal classes, which we called electives for our department. We took those in, at the campus in Notting Hill. So I was at the Syracuse campus in Notting Hill, and I was taking this class called British Pol- Politics. And um, the teacher of it was uh, a man who was uh, he was kind of an older guy. Uh, and one morning, it was like the class was first thing in the morning, and one morning, we go into class, and the guy starts saying, um, I just wanted to let you know that this semester will be my last with the program for a while, and um, it comes from an incident that stemmed earlier this semester, and I'm sure you all, you've all heard about it by now, and I just, I, oh, excuse me, and the guy runs into the bathroom, <laughs> next to the classroom. And unfortunately, the bathroom in that 
building was right next to our classroom, and we just hear him going. <laughs> and all of us are sitting there, you know, we Americans are sitting there in that classroom looking at each other like, what the fuck did he do? Nobody knew what he did, and he just assumed that we all knew. And we were just sitting there, and that went on for like three to five minutes. And I'll never forget this moment. He walked back into the class after Sob Fest 2003, and he, he walks back in there, and he goes, let's talk about liberal democracy, shall we? <laughs> That's incredible. I, I think it's the greatest, greatest introduction to a class. Ever. I love it. What did he do? Did you I mean, find out? No, and we that was the weekend that we went to Berlin. And uh, on the way there, we were asking, uh, you know what was bad about that was we were we were flying to Berlin, and we got on the plane, and I turned to uh, my friend Tyler, whom I didn't know had a fear of flying, and I go, you ever see Final Destination? <laughs> But so we asked this woman, uh, Lucia, who was head of the some sort of thing at the program. She said about this guy, our teacher, she knew that he had had a nervous breakdown at some point, um, but that was like years before. But she said that he, there was nothing, like she didn't know anything about his, why he was leaving at that point. So we never really got an answer. And we had a couple of administrators with, her on that tr- with us on the trip and everything, but we never really got an answer. So I don't know. I don't know what he did. I, I always imagine that it had to do with, you know, maybe, I don't know, like trying to seduce a younger student or something, but uh, oh, I have okay. no idea. could be anything. All I know is let's talk about liberal democracy, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> that's phenomenal. That's, that's a classic phenomenal, man. Yeah. That's phenomenal, man. Phenomenal, bro. <laughs> John Weeks, would you say you're bottom, top, or versatile? Oh, um, um, versatile. <laughs> you know, my, my, my friend's mother wrote as her Facebook status, versatile, and I have no idea what she was trying to say by that. <laughs> I don't know uh, what that would mean. What really, a versatile. I mean, you know, usually you many we, things. We talk what? about it in terms of how you're going to get, you know, banged or, or bang someone. Oh, I guess you, uh, yeah, you got to be open to many different positions and, uh, you know, the way you want to do it, you know. It's, you've got to be uh, flexible there, you know. All right, you've, you've really you've really crossed <laughs> the line here. I, I, um, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I've been doing that a lot now. I've been crossing the line a lot. <laughs> did you, you, did, you did the show from a car wash last week, didn't you? I did. Well, I was, I was in a car wash. I was actually standing as a person in a car wash. <laughs> Here's the thing. When you were telling me that, I thought that you meant you were in a car. In a car. No. Oh, that, well, that would be more rational, yes. But, no, I was standing there by myself as a person in the middle of a car wash, in in the car wash garage. What if somebody turned the car wash on? Did somebody? Oh, I probably would have died. It probably would have been the first man to die in a car wash. 
Because uh, if, if, she, if they turned it on, the garage would have closed, and uh, it would have went on. The brushes would have started. The heat would have went on. I, I probably would have been really clean or just dead. <laughs> and I know how you feel about soap and water, though. Yeah, so basically, I would be dead, yeah. I wouldn't make it all. <laughs> soap and water is like your kryptonite. Oh, soap and water, uh, we don't go well together. We're enemies. <laughs> a long, long, you know, long enemies. Especially soap. Soap's very evil. <laughs> well, that's really weird, man, that you did a show out of a inside a car wash, and there you weren't in a car, and you were just standing there about to get just plowed. <laughs> I was stuck in the car wash because I was doing it near my car, but uh, my voice is not that good in the car, so I went outside, and then it started raining, downpouring out of nowhere. So I, I had to find some shelter. I went into a car wash, and uh, it, it was still echoing, but it was better than it was uh, near my car. And, uh, you know, but if somebody had come through there, I would have been terminated, washed, cleaned. <laughs> Uh, well, that you were, you know, if you think vocally you're a mess in a car wash, I mean, that, maybe that's what led you to tell those jokes so badly last week. <laughs> but I think also you were really upset about Fogarty missing because this is, this is you from last Wait, week right that? here. Who was that? Was that wasn't was Fogarty. That doesn't sound like Fogarty. I, I, what? Who was that? <laughs> Another department, 
And then he CC'd, or no, he included human resources and, like, specifically oh, somebody who wow. works in human resources. Now, when he first did that, everybody was like, what the fuck is he doing, like, including HR on, on that kind of email? Um, right. Because, obviously, like, he's sending an email that you could go and, and potentially get poached and go work another job and stuff. And so then it wasn't just that, but then he sends another email saying, oh, there's free food and drink, a major thing that I forgot to include. And then he sends a third email saying <laughs> that you know, what's aware or something. And I'm just like, this kid has lost his damn mind. And this is over the course of, of two days. So lo and behold, uh, at some point today, HR sends an email saying, that this was not a firm-sponsored email, and then they use his first name, and they said, please refrain from using the internal email and the emails like this. And it was just so, like, you know, the, almost everyone in the firm saw him get scolded by HR. But, like, what the fuck could you possibly be thinking to include HR on that, unless you're really trying to get fired and trying to, like, steal your own demise? That, that's what I was thinking. Either you completely lost it or... He's trying to get some kind of revenge, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I would think that's an action, you know, you could be fired for because, you know, you're kind of batting for the wrong team on that, and you're kind of, like, promoting another firm and encouraging employees to go to the other firm. So it's just like, uh, you know, it violates any kind of non-competition uh, agreement if, if there is such one that was signed as a contract, employment contract. But, I mean, geez, that's... This guy's crazy. This guy's a nutcase. What a, he's not, he's what not a that. bonehead, bonehead decision. Let's not taint this show with work. Although, um, the, at at work there there's a guy at work who he said to me he was like he said to me in B Marsh he goes B Marsh and I'm standing by B Marsh's desk and then the guy goes these are my flip down reading glasses and he has his glasses on the top of his head and he just slams them down off his head. So they, like, you know, flip down and fell on the floor. Those were his flip-down reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. There was a lady I worked with uh, today, actually. And she, believe it or not, okay, uh, sometimes we have to look at really small contracts or whatnot in the work, and um, she had on three pairs of glasses, and she was using a magnifying glass to read some of the, the, the writing in it. Who does that? Who has three pairs of glasses? She has three pairs of glasses on over each other? Over each other. And what would she do? She was writing or reading? No, she was just reading and analyzing a contract. So she had three pairs of glasses on her eyes and then a magnifying glass? Yes. Yes. <laughs> How do you even get three glasses on your eyes? It's it's possible. She well, for, when she's not wearing them, she just has them like all over her head. So they like start from the <laughs> middle of the head all the way down, and then when she puts them on, they're all on the top. They all descend down to her nose. So she's like looking literally through three lenses, and then another magnifying glass. <laughs> I really, I, I think as soon as you get to three pairs of glasses, you're canceling out. The, the effect of the other glasses somehow. <laughs> this lady sounds like a mad scientist. She does. She is. She is. She's, she's brilliant. But uh, she, she's uh, she's mad. <laughs> yeah, mad scientist. Um, that's really that's 
that's really freaky. What is with these uh, these professionals acting a fool this week? I don't know what it is. I, I think it's been a long week. It's already been a long week for me. Um, I think Wednesdays especially are very weird. This is uh, odd. Weird Wednesdays. Weird Wednesdays. I like that. Weird Science Wednesdays. <laughs> you know that show? It's real weird with it. <laughs> it's just, uh, work is getting very hot. I think it's, uh, uh, I don't know. We need to cut down this work week to four days. Let's do that. Yeah, who the fuck thought it was a good idea to work 40 hours, five days a week? I mean, it's just like, it's it's a stupid schedule. Like, nothing, no one works that much. At, no. You know, it's not possible. Like, there needs to be some reform in the work, but there there never will be. But it's just like, you know, they, that's why, like, my friend Bryce was always, like, he was always very adamantly against the, your typical work week. And he somehow managed to, to make that work for him to his to his benefit because um, he's a graphic designer and work from home, whatever. And he doesn't work 40 hours a week but still makes good money. Dave, that's impressive. Those are those kind of people that call their own shots. I, I, I'm very impressed by that. Small businessmen and, and women uh, doing their own thing. But yeah, I think the 40-hour work week is dumb. I think, to, and it should be rearranged so that people have their own independence in, ter- in terms of choosing when they want to work and how they want to work. And uh, you know, you just cut it down by five hours, or make it four days and work longer. You know. Yeah, or just. Uh... I mean, let's face it, a 40-hour work week for most of us is really 50 hours at least. Right. Um, so it's just it's just excessive. Uh, and then, you know, like say at my place, we got to work so many hours of overtime just to break even, whereas, oh, hey, there's $160 million. Let's, you know, let's get some of that. Shit. Right. Um, right, yeah. But uh, you just mentioned that you have a lot of respect for small businessmen and women, but I think you're forgetting a group. Females. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to all the females out there. I just offended. Females work just as hard, if not harder, than men and women. And uh, I should not have said that. They're, they're just phenomenal. Great kids, great kids. <laughs> Oh, uh, you got problems, Tommy. You got problems. Oh, I got more. I got more problems than you. You would never know. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the, the, the let's talk about a little bit about uh, Ethan. Um, we're gonna have to actually. Uh... <laughs> I just want to say, just to introduce for what comes later, because we're gonna call him a little later. Uh, last week you said. You didn't like him, quote, just the way he brings out hatred in everybody's eyes and demeanor, unquote. <laughs> and you also said <laughs> the aura of Ethan, he sounds like a terrible being. <laughs> I, 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 I stand by all those words. You stand by a Homer's word? <laughs> I stand by those words. All right, so we get ready because it's time for the hot mess. You. Oh, 
My favorite scene is she's the main is when the uh, when Amanda Bynes main is dressed up as a gray wizard. They're crossing a bridge and uh, the dwarves and the elves are running across the bridge and there's a big animal, the beast, the beast on fire is uh, coming to destroy them all. And Amanda Baines in her robe slams down her staff and says, "You shall not pass here." That's my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> And Tom Fogarty, who's your second hot mess? My second hot mess is, and we have no idea what this poor woman's name was, but it's been plastered all over everywhere, starting with USA Today. As the new little royal pooper was leaving the hospital with mom and dad over there, there were a bunch of people gathered around outside the hospital, and they were all clapping and just having the time of their lives. And there's this one woman who's front and center in the photo who clearly had to rush out of the bathroom to get there so she wouldn't miss it because her dress is sort of hiked up and caught in the top of her pantyhose. <laughs> <laughs> now, that qualifies as a hot mess. Definitely. And I'm sure someone will find out what her name is and plaster it all over everywhere. But, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bad. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> well, Tom, don't you don't you have a story about rushing into the bathroom too? Oh my God! Do you want do you have time for that one now? Oh please. <laughs> okay, this is a friend of my grandmother's, and she were going into a brand new, giant sort of. I guess it was the Walmart of its day. It was. Uh, they were called what? J M Fields. And they were like just sort of a big sort of discount place. This was probably mid-60s. The place had just opened. They're in there. My my granny and this woman are shopping. And this woman, whose name was Prissy, decided to go to the bathroom. So my grandma says she'll hang around like right near the bathroom and wait for her. Five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes goes by. After about 25 minutes... Chrissy comes flying out of the bathroom, grabs my grandmother's arm, and says, come, we got to get out of here. So my grandmother has no idea what, what the hell has happened. So they get out, they get in the car. Chrissy, like, proceeds to, like, peel donuts out of the parking lot. She's flying out of there so fast. She finally tells my grandmother that what happened was, as she was struggling to get her girdle down, she shit all up the wall to the ceiling of this brand new bathroom, and she had been in there trying to clean it for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> and when she realized she could no longer reach to the ceiling, that's when she gave up and just had to leave. <laughs> I love how the, when those old girls back first in the time day, you, uh, first time you told me that you said... Out of all the people in, at that department store, she's the one who had to shit on the roof. Like it was supposed yeah. to happen. Like somebody had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, you know, and my grandmother just seemed to attract friends like that for whatever reason. Fecal <laughs> friends. Yeah, like a, 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 friend. a real a logical thing for, for friends. <laughs> uh, John, John Weeks, what do you think about that story? I think that story is incredible. I think. Uh... She, she did what she had to do, and she she got out of there as quickly as she could. I would do the same thing. I, I it's so visual. It's so visual, though. I mean, just 
her wrestling with the journal trying to get it off, and then just put it all up the back of the wall. <laughs> it just splatters up to the roof. <laughs> to the roof. That's great. That's awful. <laughs> and who is your third hot mess for the week? My third hot mess, and this is, you know, we, we have that thing back and forth where sometimes there's good hot messes, and I think this is a good hot mess because she's been getting a good hot mess for a long time. Tina Turner finally got married. Oh, wow. To the man that she's been with for 27 years. Mm-hmm. She is 73, and he is 57 now. Wow. So you go, girl. That's right. That's what you have to do with it. Holla! <laughs> Holla! Holla, she's, yeah, uh, she's 73 and still has the best legs in the business. Absolutely. Definitely. And they like to, and they like to wrap around the Germans, so there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, John Weeks, Tom Fogarty, you guys ready to jack off? Oh, I'm ready to jerk off. <clears throat> yeah, right, I'm ready. Well, e- Erica Lustig, I need my theme song for the jack off. So, uh, you know, just, huh? you're 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 driving me nuts with your laziness here, Erica. Okay, John Weeks, kick us off. Okay. Let's see. Uh, you're not in a car wash, are you? No, I'm not. Just how I'm not. So my joke delivery should be a little bit better. <laughs> Yesterday, Anthony Weiner admitted to more sexually tinged online chats after his 2011 resignation. Hasn't Weiner learned that what you're supposed to do after making a horrific mistake is help a Florida family out of an overturned car? Oh. Oh. Prince William and Kate Middleton welcomed their first child on Monday. If you ask me, I think this kid is going to grow up to be a real royal prick. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Weeks. You know what the hardest part of waiting for that royal baby to pop out was? I don't know, Tom. What? My dick! Lisa Kudrow announced there will be no Friends movie. We're very disappointed, said nobody. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, apologies to Mike Torito on that one. We just spent every weekend watching it. Um, uh, Amanda Bynes, man. Amanda Bynes was detained, man, for a mental evaluation after she set what she called a campfire in a Thousand Oaks driveway. It turns out she was trying to set her ex-boyfriend's car on fire because he wasn't all that. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, what's up with that? A subway worker put his penis on bed. I ordered a $5 foot long, but based on what he served me, I should have only been charged 75 cents. <laughs> His sister later did something similar to it at a Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The sandwich artist put his wiener on bread. No news on what he did with his spitzer. (laughs) Hi-oh! What's better than five dead babies in a dumpster? One dead baby in five dumpsters. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Jesus. Weeks, you're you're pushing it a little far. I'm sorry, I'm getting out of line here. Hey, 
<laughs> that also wasn't your line there. Oh, well, my turn. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> what? Uh, well, my middle name is Danger. Yeah, and your first name is Carlos. And my last name is Field. God damn it, Weeks, you fucked it up. <laughs> all right. And lastly, I'm the jack-off. After all this, Anthony Weiner said he's not going to pull out of the mayoral race. He wants to virtually fuck his political opponent as well. And that is the jerk-off, jack-off, joke-off for this July 24th, 2013. Tom Fogarty, don't let the bear eat you. That's right. Nope. And don't Come sit on the roof. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for <laughs> Thank you so much for the mess awards, sire. Waka waka, chubby. Hello. 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 <laughs> you just had a little demonic laugh you did at the end there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love Tom being back though. He's he's the greatest. Uh, let me tell you that your delivery, while still terrible, is markedly improved. Oh, thank you very much. I, I think I'm going to try the car wash more often, though. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, no, no car wash. No, no, okay, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> I, this kid in college, Philip Burke, who now goes by Phil Gregory, I don't know why. So every time I, like, tag him on Facebook, I, I say, happy birthday, Phil Gregory, and then I write Burke afterwards, even though it's not in the tag. But he's, whenever somebody was doing something that he was, like, rooting for them, he would go, all right, all right, work it out, work it out, all right, all right, work it out, work it out, work it out. So um, this, uh, this this Ethan. Oh. <laughs> so this, this, as we mentioned last week, he was about to go to a barbecue at B. Marsh's Sausage Fest 2013 and meet up with uh, uh, Vasky, the kid, Matt Vasky, that, that he had pissed off by calling him Vasky upon first meeting. Um, and so that happened. I want to play you a little clip of this barbecue. Uh, please excuse the racially toned beginning of it. I'm not sure who's saying this one part, uh, but it's, I don't know what he's talking about, but excuse that. Listen, okay. however... To the rest of it, uh, and this is this is uh, it. Pretty much defines Ethan as a human. And also, there's a a guy, uh, B. Marsh's friend named Wally. And when Wally parties, he kind of turns mm-hmm. into his alter ego, and his alter ego's name is DJ Pavano. And so at first he's just Wally, and then Pavano appears out of nowhere. So take a listen to this and. Uh, we'll be back to get your reaction. You cute little couple black kids playing in an open yeah. fire party. Exactly. It's probably the same one that we party on. <laughs> no, no, not open fire. <laughs> fire hydrant. Uh, we're, live. we're live. We're live. We're live. Oh, we're okay. live right now. Oh, yeah. right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bernard Barbecue Podcast version 1.0. Nope. Today we have many guests. I am with main lead radio DJ personality Ryan Holmes. What's up, Ryan? Yeah, what's up, Ryan? What up? This is Vasquez. This is Willoughby. This is the worst podcast ever. That that was Ryan, the guy who said worst podcast ever. That's Ryan. He refuses to participate in this podcast, therefore making it the worst podcast ever. Ethan is being very awkward right now. Ethan is always awkward. Let's go ask him why he's being awkward. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Let's go ask. Ethan, Ethan, Ethan. Ethan. 
Yeah. Welcome, to, welcome to the Ryan Holmes podcast and DJ Pavano hour. Why are you being so awkward? <laughs> Just how I was born, man. He was I'm born with the awkward jeans. Good. How many awkward jeans would you say you retained from your parents? 23. That is soft. I can sense 43 on you. What are you holding? What are you holding back? Roy in a bed in the morning. Coffee mug. A bed. He didn't pronounce the Middle Eastern name. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. okay he got bad jeans, bad jeans. We got bad jeans over here. Uh, wow. Down weeks. What's your reaction to that? Wow, was that uh, Wally or was that Wendy Williams? I mean, that was that was so amazing. <laughs> it was Wally Williams Pavana. Wally Williams Pavana. That was amazing. I, I think that was the third best podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> Wait, what was the first? The Matthew Heller one? <laughs> yes, the Matthew Heller. And, of course, your regular show on Mondays is just take the tops, number one. <laughs> oh my and this, gosh! The Ryan Holmes and DJ Pavano Hour. Go ahead. I I, I don't know, man. I I, I got. He it's very awkward, extremely <laughs> awkward. Uh, you know, uh, it's awkward. The same thing as a prick. You know. Yeah, he's very awkward. So let's try calling him, so you know we don't give a, him a complex by forgetting about him. That's true. All right, let's see. Uh, Weep some dialing music, please. Because 
when I first saw him, first time I met him, you know, way back when, he had that long hair. And Vasky has since cut his hair, and I had no idea it was Matt Vasky. So when I first saw him, I was like, oh, who's this guy who, who's sitting here? I'm like, oh, look, it's Vasky. So I was like, what up, Vasky? <laughs> and you did it again. Yeah, he had to do it again. He can't, he can't let something like that die. It's a great way to greet somebody. What was his, what was his reaction? Yeah, he just he just smiled and and rolled his eyes and yeah, yeah. He didn't seem to like it too much, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about tonight, or, or we're good? Uh, I don't know. Is there something else you'd like to bring up? I don't. I mean, not as it'll upset you. If you want to bring it up, you can bring it up. I'm already. Hey, go hey, for John it. You can, you can give the what? John, John Weeks. They they switched Ethan's desk at work, and he is not happy about it. Well, uh, what does the switch mean? Is it like completely opposite side of the room? Is it a sucky desk? I mean, all these things are taken into consideration. Both. It's both. <laughs> is it a bad it, move, Ethan? It, it's it bad. One hundred ten percent both. Oh man, no, well, that, that, then that sucks. I, I see. I have this thing about desks and personal workspace. No one can enter it, and like if you mess around with it, if you move me, it's, it's the end of the world. Uh, so I can understand. Yeah, but it's, it's not. It hasn't been great. It hasn't been a great week. It's, oh, it's been that. quite quite uh, unnerving. Can you get some kind you of? Know, in? You get accustomed. You get accustomed to a place, yeah. you know. You, 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 yeah, just to uproot you like that, it's, it sucks. No, no, wait, I need some more you? analysis from you on this situation. What's what going to stop you, Ethan, from yeah. just sitting in your old desk? Why don't you just sit in your old desk? I will get fired, and I can't really <laughs> risk getting fired. That's pretty serious. Uh, do, do, was there a reason why they moved you? I don't know. There, there. I've heard many reasons. I've heard many things. I don't know which is true, which isn't. Um, but it's. It, I, I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't. You know. <laughs> we have a. We have a caller maybe to weigh in on this situation. Seven one eight. Seven one eight. What's your name? Where are you checking in from? It's me, Holmes. Oh no. Okay, so good. So we're talking about Ethan's desk move at work. Uh, what, what, he's very upset about it, uh, as am I. What do you think about it? Oh, I've heard about it all evening because I was with him. Did you dry off yet? Are you still all wet? <laughs> what? Oh, wow, what happened with you guys? <laughs> well, he's been complaining that he doesn't have enough space. Doesn't have enough space. Okay, and but what do you do? You think it was right of the uh, supervision to move people around like that? You know, I don't think it's right, but I feel like they're not going to fire you because they don't want to give you unemployment. So they're just going to change your seat and make you miserable. Oh, all right. Uh, now I have a question. So basically, they want me to quit. It's essentially the. Don't let the bastard get you if you get you down. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh It's whatever it is. Ethan, Ethan, where are you? 
What up? Where are you? I'm back home. Did you tell them that I jumped into the, the, the little... I, I was not. I was actually going to tell you to... You should tell them that story right now. Yeah, tell us the story. <laughs> so we were leaving the bar, and I saw the water fountain in the park. So I was like, hey, let's go to the... Let's go jump let in me the just water let side. me just sorry, Shane, can I for a second? Weeks weeks, have you ever been to Washington Square Park? I have, yes. A long time ago. So you know they had that giant fountain in there. In the right yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the fountain she's referring to. Okay, all right, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm all sorry. Right. <laughs> can't go. So I like randomly jumped in and just went crazy. That's really what? And I'm walking around now with a cardigan and no bra. With some short pants on. So, 9 o'clock at night, Chan decides that she's going to go swimming in the fountain at Washington Square Park. What is wrong and, with you? Was it, was it at least, it, was it lighted? Was it lit up at least? It yeah, it was. It was lit up. It was pretty nice. They they, they did a nice job with it. Um, was anybody else? So, yeah, Chan, Chan just runs into the fountain. Is literally lying in the pool of water making snow angels in the water. <laughs> it was awesome, and I took the train with my wet clothes on. Everybody on the train was looking at me like, "What the hell? Where is this girl's clothes?" <laughs> Girl, you're gonna get sick now. No, I'm dying off now. Was there anybody else in the fountain, Anthony? Eventually, a few little girls. After I ran in and was having a blast, they decided to join on in too. Well, this is after you started splashing water on them. People people were sitting outside the fountain, and Chandy just starts splashing water on everybody, saying, oh, come in with me, come in with me. <laughs> you were saying that to little girls, Chandy? Hey, they, they, and the, because of me, they just like YOLO. They just lived a little. That's right. So I, I and then Chandy, uh, Chandy goes in a remote corner of the park to go change her shirt. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for John John Weeks. Uh, John, when when you first heard Chandonese voice tonight, when she said it's me, you go, oh no, why why were you so upset to hear from her? I thought it was no, it wasn't from you know, okay, Kennedy, but it was from uh, I thought it was Nikki. I thought she oh, was calling you okay. to uh, brag about beating me in that last episode. Uh, we have a really rivalry going on. Uh, it's yeah, man. Messy, okay, I, I hear you. Well, uh, Chandani and Ethan, thank you guys so much for joining tonight, and I hope I hope uh, you dry off, Chan and Ethan. I, I it'll be okay. I promise. Yeah, you say that now, but anyway, appreciate it. I will. All right. I will yeah. catch you later. Bye, Bye guys. Joy. Bye. Bye, Bye. Bye Chan. Hello. Bye, guys. Bye. See you tomorrow. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Uh, that was, I forgot that she said she was going to call, and that was a little unexpected. John Weeks. That was. That was a pleasant surprise, though. It wasn't, wasn't Nikki. I was uh, happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this feud that you've got with Nikki Katuferis from Gakus. Uh So a, a few weeks ago, uh, John Weeks was, uh, he was trying to get to a wedding in Atlanta, and his flight got canceled or something, so he had to stop. Uh, he had to tell me that he couldn't do the show that night. Um, and uh, then he went down there, and it was 106 degrees, and the band just was acoustic guitar players. And anyway, uh, 
<laughs> that week was stuck. Don't bring it back. Don't down. bring it back, no, please. It's coming back to me now. Oh, my God. Don't come back. Don't come back to me now. Oh, there were birds oh. in the sky, and I sneezing all night. Oh, please, though, please. The birds. The birds. Um, you know, that's been a constant theme on Blazing Right ever since its inception. We used to talk about, uh, we used to play these crow sounds all the time, and so this guy, Ben Cameron, would go, the birds, the birds, and now we're doing it, but for a real reason. <laughs> oh, for a really, really real reason. Oh, my goodness. If anybody had to relive that, I don't think they'd survive it. I think the only reason why we survived. It, uh, I don't know what bad. happened. But uh, that is reliving the Matthew Heller episode. I, I was traumatized oh, uh, for a second time there. That Heller episode, um, I lost a little of my feeling, my my emotions during that episode. He seemed he really motivated you. He incredibly demotivated me. I almost didn't want to go to work in the morning. Um, <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was really bad, actually. I started talking back to people I don't usually talk back to. Uh, <laughs> it was just this. It's just bad. I was, you know, I almost lost my job after listening to that Matthew Heller episode. He, he's a uh, he's the devil. I think he's the antichrist. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, John Weeks couldn't make it, so I had to replace him at the last minute. And uh, who first came to mind but my friend Nikki Katufris Frangakis, because she is excellent at improvisation. Now um, the episode with Nikki. And Sean Broyles, by the way, not Tom Fogarty. That one has, out of out of all the Blazing Rye episodes, has gotten the uh, the most listened. So it was Nikki as John Weeks, and it was Sean Broyles as the Wizard. Um, so let me see uh, if which let me see how we're doing there. Okay, we yeah. So where, where, that, where do we stand now? Where do we stand now, Holmes? <laughs> All right, so those two episodes, the one with Nikki on June 20th and the one with you on June 26th, these are the ones we're going to compare. The one with Nikki on June 20th is still the highest, and oh! it, it's it's still at 1,000 listens, so that hasn't changed. Okay. All right, and, and what's the one, the the what next, is the difference between? The next week with you was 962 listens so far. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. i got to find some way to beat Nikki somehow. But, I mean, am I, am, am I ever going to catch up to her? There's a week that separates us. She has a week ahead well, of me. I, the, thing, the thing is, it looks, like, it looks like her numbers have stopped and yours are still slowly increasing. Oh gosh! I mean, this is going to be. This might take a decade to beat her. I mean, this. Uh, I. Uh, I, I don't know how it happened. You cannot beat the team of Weeks and Fogarty, and Holmes and Blazing Ray. I don't know. Nick, I got to give credit to Nikki and, and Sean. They did a wonderful job. They. Uh, wow! But uh, I still hate them. I forgot to ask you, speaking of hatred, did, do you still think that Ethan is a prick? You know, my words were harsh. Prick is a, is a very rough word. It's not, it's talking, you know, talking and listening to Ethan over the time. You know, I think he's a very, 
I don't know how to say it. He might be a good person under it all, you know. He's a, but he does the wrong thing every single time. So I mean, he's, he's just. <laughs> he is not. I I I haven't seen a depression this bad. Since, it's pretty bad. Uh, it's, uh, when you get your death wish, it's what. pretty bad. I, I feel bad for him. I think I hope one day he reconquers his old desk, or maybe he'll uh, move up and uh, you know. But uh, that's a bad thing. Uh, I, I wish him the best in that regard. I think we should continue to follow up on that situation. Though. That's a that's a pretty uh, serious situation there. You know what was. <laughs> What was horrible of us is that, um, and I knew it was horrible, but I also knew it was worth it, is that <laughs> over the weekend, we, um, on, on Friday, rather, we all decided to not tell Ethan that his desk was being moved so that he yeah. would come in on, on Monday and think that he had gotten fired. Oh, my God. That is terrible. <laughs> the thing is, like, well, he didn't get fired, so nothing bad happened, right? But right, then, that's true. Like, that's true. So he he comes in and he's like he says to me, "Are you getting food?" And then uh, and then I'm just watching his reactions because he's like asking me to tack on something to order or whatever. And I and and I see him go to his desk because um, we walked in together. Unfortunately, I want to get there before him. Um, so he walks in and he's like, "Are you getting food? Is there what what's going on here? Is something changed?" Because he notices his desk has different <laughs> stuff on it. Uh, and then every, everybody in the entire office that's there is just staring at him and, like, smiling at, to see his reaction. And then somebody was like, uh, and then he goes, like, did I get moved? And somebody said, yeah. And then when he said where, everybody pointed to this desk uh, over by, let's just call the, the lady, Lady Melisandre. So, oh, uh, boy. He, so oh. Ethan goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes over, and he's like, oh, all right, okay. And so his initial reaction was very indifferent. It was very, and it, there, was nothing, there was nothing about it that you could tell he was upset. And I was like, well, this is surprising. I would think he'd be really pissed off. So that came later in the form of a deep, deep depression that he's still in the middle of. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, depression is... It's not a good thing. And, uh, no I mean, he was that shocked. Person... You see what I'm saying? He was shocked at first, and he was also in front of everyone, so he couldn't react. Right, he played it off. Yeah. I think. You know, and uh, yeah. I think that's his, uh, he, well, that was a good reaction, but, you know, if he's going through a serious depression, this is a serious, very serious issue, then he's got to, maybe there needs to be some kind of intervention. Is there a way that you can move his desks uh, forcibly? I would think about doing that. If it's a general location, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, that's just a matter of, uh, you know, preference, uh, location. It's a, you know, you're, it's work. You're there eight hours. But if it's a personal space, I understand that completely. I mean, uh, uh, there was a time when someone sat at my feet uh, in my workspace once. It was just, oh, I don't want ever that to, I didn't want this to happen again ever. I almost destroyed that person. I was, <laughs> you, you can't do that. You just can't. do Those are things that's uncalled for. You cannot sit in somebody's workspace. You cannot move their thing. You can't move their entire desk. It's a travesty. You can't do that. I support Ethan on this. I, if he wants to go to court on this, I may have, I may have to uh, represent him. I mean, he may lose, but uh, I'll, I'll help him out. <laughs> you'll get what? Or you'll help him out? Uh, he may lose, but I'll help him out on this. One. <laughs> uh, it, it's. I mean, the whole thing came from the fact that I guess some, 
somebody on our floor complained about how much noise our department was making. So our uh, boss called a couple people into his office and said, you guys aren't necessarily the ones that are causing the problems, but we're doing our best to rearrange the office so that we don't make as much noise. Uh, because as uh, as has always long time for a long time been known, our department has kind of its own culture, and it doesn't really fit into the rest of the uh, firm. And uh, that was always fine at our last office because we were a satellite office. But now that we're in the main building, there's like attorneys and shit that like they get pissed off that you know people are making so much noise and you know laughing and enjoying life because. You're not allowed well, to they enjoy don't, life. Yeah, they don't do the same. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't know how to. So uh, somebody complained, and so then they had to rearrange stuff and just, you know, Ethan, it wasn't meant to be taken personally, but he is taking this deeply personally. Uh, you know, but they also moved B-Marsh. They moved B-Marsh, too, and B-Marsh loves his new location because he's in the corner where no one can see him. They may have made a mistake on that one, but yeah. <laughs> uh, right, what do you think he's going to do? I don't know. Jerk off? <laughs> no, no. You don't, no, no. That's not a good idea. That's no, not no, a good no, look, no, man. You can't be that, jerking no, off no. in the office. No, no, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, oh, and speaking of jerking off, you know what you said last week on the show? You said, quote, I think that's becoming more common now. People having dicks and whatnot. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> what did you mean by that? I was really referencing the rise of the Shimalia population, not in not just Thailand but worldwide. And uh, because of that, it's, it's um, increasing you mentioned exponentially. Yeah, you mentioned Brandon Ralph last week because you were. You, for some reason, mentally, you were like a decade ago uh, talking about Superman. And, oh, yeah, uh, I remember and, that, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. I think you were thrown off by Fogarty in the car wash. Uh, again, I was. There was no, you, when there's no Fogarty, everything is wrong in the world. You, know? <laughs> you said you often look to the – because you were talking about the villain in the new Superman. You said you often look to the villain to carry the film. Weeks, I'm wondering, who is the villain that carries your life? <laughs> oh, my God. That, that is one of the most phenomenal questions ever asked, not just of me, but ever, I believe. <laughs> Who's your worst villain? Um, that I don't know. the question. Who's the, uh, I didn't say who's the worst villain. I said who's the villain that carries your life? Carries my life. Oh, that's a, that's an even better question. Um, God. are you doing another podcast? Are you in a, a? Are you cheating on me in another car wash? No, I'm not cheating on you. No, never. I would never do such a thing. But I, I, my, my worst villain would probably be myself. Probably be the voices in my head. Probably would be Matthew Heller. Would probably be. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, my, myself and uh, my sometimes lack of confidence and uh, ability to overcome certain struggles and the voices that say you can't do this, can't do that. But that's that's a stereotypical answer. I don't know. There might be another. Uh, usually, management is usually my the, the villains in my life that have carried me because I see things that are done wrong. 
management, wherever I go. Uh, Man, management and supervisors and, you know, not there's not one specific person, but just, just generally managers or people who have supervised me. I've, seen so, many things done, I've seen so many things done wrong on uh, the supervisory uh, scale of things and uh, employees treated incorrectly. And I think they don't have your best interest at heart most of the time. And uh, those are my villages. I, I, I like to see what they do wrong, and I like to, to perfect it and hopefully be in a position where I can um, implement rules and equality of rules in terms of regulations and uh, do things better than they did, you know, and treat people better than, uh, than they did, you know, as they should be. And uh, those are the people that actually keep me going. Because I see, see how, how poorly they do things, you know, how they poorly they treat people, and I want to correct it, you know. So managers are the villains that carry your life? Yes. yes. And you. Those uh, are the villains that hey. carry me along. At least professionally, yes. The voices in your head, do they sound like this? I, I studied uh, media policy at the New School University in New York City. And, uh, you know, it's a very liberal college full of morons. But uh, <laughs> the one thing... That's, uh, yes, that that combined with the ice cream truck music are the voices in my head. <laughs> Heller is Heller is amazing. I, I, I think we got to get him on here again. I think he's a little uh, crazy. He may drive you insane. He, he drove uh, to make the kid insane. I think, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because Tamika. <laughs> had that whole moment with uh, this, this uh, moment here. Give us a general synopsis of what your music style is like, if you can. It's like rock and roll. <laughs> generally. <laughs> we, you do a pretty good impression. You do a pretty good impression of that moment. Life. Can you do that? I could try, yeah. Can you uh, give me some uh, time to do her laugh? Dude, do the whole moment, the rock and roll into the laugh. Okay. <laughs> tell, tell me what your uh, music's like. Well, it's like rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're talking to yourself. You lost your mind, too. I have. I, well, whenever I hear uh, Heller, it's... Uh, that's the end of it, man. Now, now you're gonna give me nightmares. The guy's a, oh my god, the guy's a, he's the antichrist. I think sometimes. <laughs> did I tell you that I saw Justin Timberlake and Jay Z on Saturday night? No, you did. I thought on your status. Uh, so did Julian, right? Yeah, Julian went, and I was like, "How are you gonna call yourself not getting me a ticket to this show?" And he was like, "I sent you the link and everything." So yeah, but we've been Justin Timberlake brothers since we lived. Uh, pump that new Future Sex Love sounds out when he was visiting me in L.A. Anyway, I think he just got tickets for him and his girlfriend, and he sent me the link so I could go. So it was a whole big thing. And then I um, went to uh, – uh, I, I kept trying to convince this girl, Suchi, to go. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the food, Suchi, but it's just disgusting. But I was trying to convince this girl, Suchi, to go. And Suchi, uh, on Saturday morning, after she said she was down to rock, on Friday night, Suchi yeah. texted me back. Um, I th- I'm not so sure. I think we need a group. She's blatantly saying she doesn't want to go with me alone. 
that's that's great. Uh, uh, was that all that you said? I mean, that's uh, well, you know, yeah. I guess that be uncomfortable with you. I guess yeah, I don't know why, but <laughs> what I'm confused about was we've hung out before one on one and it's been fine, but it was weird this time. I don't know what it was, but it was like. Way more awkward. Maybe it's because I wasn't drunk like last time. But it was way more <laughs> awkward silences and stuff. Uh, but uh, but in any event, I'm glad we went, and I think we I think we found some sort of uh, rhythm by the end in terms of hanging out because we just we bonded over the uh, white girl wasted girls. I never realized that this was a thing before Saturday night. But if you're at a concert full of uh, a lot of white people and there are a lot of girls there. Uh, yeah. they will come up to you and just say the most obnoxious things and slur their words. And, like, one, this one girl came up to me. She's a white girl. She's wasted. She came up to me on the train platform, and she goes, I'm going to push you on a train. And I was like, that's not very nice. And she said, um, I'm just saying I'm going to do that because we need to get on this train. And uh, she goes, oh, no, you should come over here and get into this door. And I said, I kind of don't want to be anywhere near you. And then Sushi, like, hit me and said, said be nice. It, but there were so many wasted white girls. And I turned to Sushi. I was like, is this a thing? Is this like a, a – and she said, yeah, white girl wasted. That's a thing. So then after the concert, we get on the train, and the train is just full of the same type of shit. Uh, and, and I don't know if you've ever ridden a train back from Yankee Stadium after a concert, but it is a nightmare. And we get back to uh, uh, Manhattan, and I go – it was late at night at that point, and so at, like, 1 a.m. I'm going to see my, my little sister from the drama department at Syracuse. I'm going to see her for her birthday um, at her party. And then I get, to, uh, I get to see my little sister for her birthday, and I walk in there, and she comes up to me, and she's like, Oh, my God, Ryan Holmes, how are you? <laughs> And I was like, no! She let him down! <laughs> she was like, go wasted. <laughs> it sounds like that should be a like a show where they like, you know, they, they like prank people and you know, they slam the stamp on the street and white girl wasted. But I don't know what you would do to get people to become white girl wasted. <laughs> you just, like, they're really drunk. They go to concerts and then when they come back, they, they're white girl wasted. <laughs> oh man! What oh, a weird but, day. How, I mean, that was, was the same day as the sausage fest. What? Uh, how was the concert, though? Was it good? Oh, the concert was fantastic. Uh, you know, Jay Z oh. uh, and Justin Timberlake. They they uh, came out. The Holy Grail was playing. The band was on stage. They came out on either side of the stage. Uh, Justin from downstage right, and Jay from downstage left. And they came out and walked towards each other, and that looked so cool. And then they did the song Holy Grail, and then they kept on doing, like, songs together. So Justin was, like, singing the hooks on some Jay songs, like, on uh, Excuse Me Miss or whatever. Like, Justin could sing some of them shit. Um, and then whenever it would go to, like, a, a bunch of Jay songs, Justin would stay out there, and he'd be playing piano, and he'd be playing guitar. And it was crazy to see him, like, in a background role for once. He was basically one of Jay's background musicians, which was crazy. And he, at one point, he did this incredible lead guitar solo, and I turned to Suchi like, when did Justin Timberlake learn how to play guitar like that? Because I knew he could play guitar, but I didn't know he could play like that. 
and he's just like uh, this incredibly talented musician. And then I was thinking, what if it were the other way around? And what if it were like Jay playing instruments for Justin? Then I was thinking, well, maybe it's the whole thing with Jay where like he just needs his mic, and that's all that's all he needs, and that that's cool too. So um, the difference though between when I've seen Justin Timberlake twice before and this time was that there were no background dancers, there were no backup dancers, and he didn't do a lot of choreography. So I think that's the difference is that it wasn't a big Justin Timberlake show. It was it was more kind of just a, a concert with two guys, um, whereas usually the dancing and the choreography is a huge part of a JT show. And there were some songs where you just he couldn't help but do the choreography. Like on My Love, he did that little foot fly thing that you just, can't help but do, and I was doing it in my speech, shit, but uh, it was so awesome, and they did uh, so many, uh, they did so many songs together, and uh, Timbaland came out at one point, the, the night before Alicia Keys came out, but that, that we missed that one, um, but yeah, it was just, it was really good, both of them are, were, you know, were really entertaining, and just did a bunch of hits, and it, you know, it wasn't all new stuff, it was a bunch of old stuff, too. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty fantastic. Wow, you can't get better than that. I mean, that's a. So it sounded like a really it was a, a bros concert. The two guys on stage over there, just hanging out and uh, you know singing singing each other's songs. I think that's pretty special, actually. That kind of connection between the artists, right? And you know, that's pretty fun. I think. Yeah, exactly. And the way that the music worked was that the songs transitioned into each other so seamlessly. So you would go from like. Big spinning and G's right into boom, 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 into Rocket Body. And then it would even, the transitions were so seamless that I could have sworn, John Weeks, that I've seen them two morph into each other. Because, like, Justin would be on stage performing, and then all of a sudden, that's in that same spot with Jay Z. And I don't think Justin ever left the stage, but all of a sudden, he was Jay Z. So that's special. They have that kind of, uh, you know, that's pretty special, man. I, I, I would be pretty impressed by that. I, was, I, I don't know what happened. I was a little freaked out. <laughs> they transformed. I think they're the same person. They may be the same person. You just don't even know. <laughs> if they're the same person, then how could they both be on stage at the same time? Holograms. <laughs> don't get me started on those holograms. Someone said they were going to get, like, a hologram to travel across the country with them in the passenger seat. Today. If you had a hologram, what would you do with that hologram? Fuck it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But I don't know. What, I, what, what would, who would yours be and what would you do with it or to it? Uh, I don't know. My hologram... I don't know. I would, I, I'm probably with my hologram in, like, the busiest place in New York, just so it could be more annoying. And, like, I would just keep on talking forever. <laughs> you would just talk to it? I, 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 well, it would just talk to other people. Or I may put it in the sewers. I think the sewers might be pretty cool. <laughs> the sewers. So, the, so now the sewers are full of holograms. That's right. Holograms, sewers filled with holograms talking to each other. But what is your hologram of? Who is it? Uh, my hologram would be, oh, man, that's tough. Big Bird. <laughs> Why? 
Because I think he's nuts. Big Bird's nuts, but he's very intellectual. Wait, he's nuts? He's very intellectual? He's, he's nuts, but he's, very, he's, he's an intellectual. You know, he's a, he's a very smart guy. He's Those a, things really don't often go hand in hand. No, they He's nuts. He's very intellectual. It's like, I love apple juice. Give me some Coke. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it would be Big Birds. And I'll put them in the sewer. <laughs> you just want to torture people. I, I do, actually. I do. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not too bad. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What? I don't, I don't know. I turned it to uh, Helen. Yeah, Heller, Heller has made you lose your mind. Just just hearing those two little clips, you've lost your mind again. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I'm happy you had a good time at that concert, though. And so, Tucci didn't like it so much. Did she have, have a good time, or she hated it? Yeah, she, she she liked the concert a lot, but afterwards I was a little disturbed because I was saying that she was being, like, overly negative about something, and she goes, Holmes. I'm a negative person. Do you not know this by now? And I was, I was like, cracking up because I can't believe she actually, like, was so quick to embrace and admit that. <laughs> it sounds like she's actually the, you know, she was probably worried that you may hate her. That's why she wanted to go in the group, you know? I don't think she had a problem with you. I think she had a problem with herself. I I don't know what her problem is, but it made me feel a certain way. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end there. Uh, before we go, John Lee, tell me what your favorite scene is. She's the man is mine. The man is mine. Oh my gosh! Um, probably the, the the scene in she's the main is a, she's the main main. My favorite scene is when the dawn is talking to Amanda Baines' character, Frodo. And the Don Corleone says, I'm going to buy his mind. If you ever take a stance against the family again, that's it. It'll be trouble. I don't even remember the words, but that was my favorite scene. You know, Amanda Baines played a great Frodo with a mustache. Uh, and she also played a great Frodo in uh, Lord of the Rings. Phenomenal. 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 All right, well, best wishes to you. What? Phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. Best wishes to Amanda Banks, man. We hope you get better, man, and turn your life around before you croak, uh, because the way you're going, that bitch is going to die soon. Um, Now, I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz, hit the brakes, Florence, and if you have a Barbie doll, bend her backwards. Uh, burn her knuckles on the stove, uh, strip off her clothes, cut off her feet, and leave her in some drawers somewhere for your mother to find them. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night, John Weeks. Go record a podcast. That's right.